Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. A new and original play is getting nice reviews at the Repertory Theater of St. Louis. It's titled Faceless and tells the story of the trial of a young American woman radicalized online and recruited by ISIS and charged with conspiring to commit acts of terrorism. Already a good storyline add to it that she is being prosecuted by a Muslim woman. I had a chance to talk with the show's director, B.J. Jones, the artistic director at Northlight Theater in Chicago, and with the playwright, Selena Fellinger. Another good storyline is that she wrote it barely in her 20s while still a college student at Northwestern in Chicago. I recorded an interview with them both, and that's where we started. A few different things collided. It was originally going to be a school project. It was what my teacher called a mock commission, which was, I was a senior and I had, you know, taken already a lot of the classes and done a lot of the festivals in the playwriting department. And so she wanted to give me experience, you know, say this is what it would be like if you were to be commissioned by a professional theater. And so she partnered me with Northlight. And the idea was that, you know, I would pitch BJ two different ideas and he would pick one and then I would spend the year developing a play underneath his mentorship and then it would culminate in a stage reading with professional actors and professional directors. And so I was really excited, and I did that, and, you know, we settled on the play, and I wrote the first draft in my fall quarter of my senior year, and I sent it to him, and I went away for winter break, and I came back, and he said he wanted to sit down to discuss it, and I thought he was going to give me notes. And he told me he wanted to put it in his next year's season. And <laughs> then, the you know, the... The mock commission became a real commission, and everything started to move really fast. So that project carried me through graduation and into post-graduation and was my first professional production and life-altering in that way. Next day on the dressing room, they hung a star, right, mm-hmm. as the song goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on that. BJ. what did you see in the script that uh, caused you to react the way you did? Well, first and foremost... Our mission at Northlight is to increase compassion and expand people's knowledge of the world they're in. Topicality is a, is a key thing for us. We have a new play program called Interplay, and we commission a lot. And in the last five years, I think we've had, including Salinas, three or four plays that have been nominated for our local Jeff Awards, which are like the Tonys, including Salinas. So it had all the sort of hallmarks of the things we look for in our uh, in our choices for new works and in particular the notion of increasing compassion and increasing our audiences knowledge of a situation like this. This is a very heavy subject. It and is. she is very young, certainly was very young when she, she wrote this. Is that youth reflected in any way of the script? I mean it has to reflect a mature point of view. Well, it does. I mean, Selena, now I'm going to talk about you behind your back uh, electronically. <laughs> I was going to say, who are you asking? <laughs> no, no he's, asking, he's asking me, I think. Selena's wise, and I don't mean to say beyond her years. She's, she's a very shrewd, smart writer who does a tremendous amount of homework. The, the window to the play started off to be the character of Susie, the girl who joined ISIS over the internet. But from there... Uh, it expanded to a, a reflection on the character of her father and then the character of the uh, prosecuting attorney 
who is a Muslim woman who went to Harvard, and uh, then the other two lawyers. So I think Selena was, you know, really diligent in doing the homework uh, with regard to uh, the Muslim lawyer and lawyers in general. She did a lot of uh, research there. So Selena is a professional writer. She is not someone who's just, in my opinion, could just come out of school. She's She's got a gift and uh, she uses it very smartly. I went to a reading of one of her new plays and uh, it's it's a wonderful piece and uh, it was, I think, you know, nearly fully formed and I'm sure she's going to do some rewrites but the point is her work is she's, she's operating at a level far beyond her peer group. Selena, you took the story from uh, from Real News. Uh, what was, in a very basic way, what was that story and what did you see in it that caused you to sit down pen in hand, as it were? Yeah, there there were a couple different stories that, that in particular, um, informed Susie's character. But there was one that I came across that sort of opened my eyes to the whole issue, which was about this one girl from the Colorado suburbs who was arrested for trying to join ISIS. And when I say that, people are so stunned. I said she didn't do anything. She just was intending to. But, you know, the U.S. is not messing around when it comes to terrorism. So I believe that the actual charge was conspiracy to provide material support to terrorist organizations. And here in this climate, that is enough to get a a very stiff sentence. So she was arrested on the tarmac going to meet her ISIS suitor in Turkey, and she, her father found her boarding pass and was the one who turned her in to the FBI, and she received a five-year sentence, I believe, and that was the minimum sentence that she could receive. I read some of the transcri- transcripts from this the trial, and they weren't exactly pleading insanity, but they were saying that you know, she was clearly unstable and lacked the ability to understand what she was going. There was this whole, you know, it was a really interesting thing because on the one, like you'd hear one minute she'd be weeping on the stand and then the next minute you'd see her, you know, talking back to the FBI agent. So it was this really complex, strange situation and I was just really, I was very taken by it. And I was like, at the end of the day, she's this kid and she you know, clearly was feeling like her needs here were not being met, so much so that she was willing to leave behind everything that she had to go join this cause. I was really interested in sort of trying to start at the beginning and try to see what might lead a person to go there. Because when I first read it, you know, I Googled it because it's such a crazy story. And then all these other stories came up, you know, like it says in the play, over 250 Americans have tried to join ISIS. And we all talk about them like they're just crazy. They're just freaks or whatever. But, you know, that doesn't that doesn't I, I think that's kind of an irresponsible way of talking about it as just dis- disregarding them as as, you know, crazy people, because then we're not really looking at, OK, but something is driving them to this. And if we want to stop it, we need to figure out what it is. And then, you know, like BJ is saying, we need to look at it with compassion and go, OK, what is that would that would cause these people to radicalize. That's the only way we're going to understand it and stop it. So much of the play asks us to uh, reflect on our own relationship 
to Muslims, American Muslims. Just last week, because my my radio dial is set to 90.7 all the time here in St. Louis, you had a program just last week about a young Muslim American born and raised in New York and who joined ISIS and was beheading Kurds. It is not far-fetched. In fact, it couldn't be closer to fact. And uh, and it was shocking to me that I heard this on the radio just last week here in St. Louis. The other thing that I find really interesting is that right now, you know, because of the political climate being what it is, it's taking this form as people joining ISIS. But the idea of, of people getting sucked in over cyberspace or getting sucked into unhealthy, you know, cults, gangs, yes. all that stuff, that's that's nothing new, and that's been around forever, and it just comes out in different forms depending on the political context at that time. So right now what we are seeing is just a version of something that has, you know, been there for a long time, and I, I think it comes actually from like an intrinsically hopeful human characteristic, which is that when we are falling or feel lost or feel lonely, we're going to reach towards the first thing that's reaching towards us. And if that thing reaching towards us happens to be dangerous or evil or hateful or violent, that's where that's going to go. So to me, we need to be making sure that the hands reaching towards these forgotten people or lost people or fallen people are the right hands if that makes sense. You know, uh, the other aspect of the play that I think is fascinating and newly refreshed, particularly recently in light of the Golden Globes and the Me Too movement, is uh, the notion of sexual harassment. This really leaps out in the play in its current. Uh, you know, the political climate is the gift that keeps on giving for this play because it's, uh, she has almost presciently placed certain contexts and uh, relationships in the play. And this one seems to be really resonant right now because uh, the uh, one of the prosecuting attorneys, uh, Mark Bader, is uh, accused of sexual harassment constantly in the play and uh, inappropriate behavior. He just says the wrong thing. He is completely tone deaf. You, you said before we went on the air, the audience response has been limited. It's just it's just opening. Yeah. But powerful, you say. You could hear a pin drop. There are – I will say that there are uh, – because of the studio theater, it's much smaller. It's mm -hmm. 130 seats. You're sitting right there with them. You could reach out and touch them. So it's really kind of a pressure cooker. You could hear a pin drop last night mm -hmm. and uh, – but there is humor in the play, too, a sort of uh, bitter irony. Uh, Selena, the, uh, as I understand it from what I've read about you, you, you're Jewish, correct? Yeah. Any difficulty, or let me put it this way, what kind of a challenge is it for you to then get into the head of a Muslim character? I mean, there were many challenges that came with writing the play, and I would say that that one was not the biggest challenge. I mean, yes, I, I am... Jewish, I would say that it is not something I think about on a day-to-day -day basis. It is not probably the most interesting thing about me, and it's not something that people would necessarily know when they talk to me. And I would say that that is the case for many religious people or people who were raised with religious affiliation, sometimes because of certain outward, you know, physical characteristics, 
then people do notice it more and make more of a big deal about it. But that often has more to do with the people looking at them than the person themselves, you know? So to me, I mean, it was not hard to get into the head of a young woman who had recently graduated from law school and who was on her first big case out of school. In fact, that was like eerily, like felt, you know, very, very relevant to my life. You know, so much of what she goes through throughout the daily process is like, okay, how do I be, you know, a a good, strong, powerful, but, you know, humble, but hardworking, but, but, you know, dedicate, how do I keep my faith, but also keep it separate from my work, but also keep my work separate from my home, but also keep my home separate from, you know, like, all of those things, I think, that's just young women in today's world, that that is what we navigate. So it was not challenging for me to get in the head of a young woman. She happens to be Muslim. And that is just research, you know, the practices that come with being Muslim. And that was just, I interviewed young Muslim women. And and interviewed them about their experience with discrimination. And to me, that is just research. But the the core of her, she's just a young, hardworking woman who wants to do good in the world. And that's very relatable. In, in the real life story, the, the uh, stories from which you, uh, you, you took your ideas, was the uh, prosecutor Muslim? No, or at least not that it was noted in the articles. Mm. Claire's character, I developed her because I felt like we needed a counterpoint to Susie. Susie has such a warped perspective on the, you know, the Quran and all of this stuff that it felt very important that if I was going to be presenting this girl who's going to be saying all this stuff that many Muslim Americans would, would disagree with and say, that is not my faith, that's ISIS, that's not my faith, that we had someone who has a healthy relationship to her face represented on the page as well. So Claire was um, entirely of my own sort of making, and it, it felt like then we could sort of, art, then we could articulate the themes in terms of in conversation and not just have them live in the play. They could actually be articulated from one character to another, and that felt more active. When uh, we first produced this at Northlight, which is in Skokie, Illinois, which has a very large Jewish population. But right down the road from the theater is a mosque. It's the largest mosque on the North Shore of Chicago. And uh, our first preview, a woman came up to Selena in a hijab and uh, the headscarf. And uh, she was in tears, wasn't she, Selena? She was very grateful to you for portraying what she depicted as her own life, a working professional. And someone who was yeah, a Muslim. Yeah, well, that also, that was the same week as the Muslim ban. Yes, so that's right. we it, went into previews the same week as the Muslim ban. Yeah. So it was such a wild time. And yeah. she came up afterwards and she's like, I didn't know what this was going to be. I was very nervous when I came, but I I feel very emotional. And it was, you know, like, it was, it was really It really resonated with her, <laughs> yeah. Is this the same production here at the Rep that uh, you had in, in Skokie? Is this exactly the same? Largely. Our cast is uh, uh, Chicago actors mm-hmm. and the set designers. All the designers are from Chicago. Um, 
and who did the production up at Northlight. We have Michael James Reed is playing the prosecuting attorney, and he's a local, wonderful local actor here. We, we have some good ones here. Yeah, he was <laughs> he's spectacular. They're, they all are spectacular, and uh, you know I'm really proud of the production and the way it fits into this room is just terrific. And Steve is Steve Wolf's been wonderful. You know, terrific help giving us feedback and uh, reflection on the audience's response. Our, our time is winding down, but Selena, you had uh, indicated early on that you're working on something else already. Give us a, some idea of what you're working on. Yeah, I have a few different things at the moment. VJ recently saw the, a reading of one of my new plays, and uh, I'm going in a couple days to New York. Uh, just briefly, there's going to be another reading of that at Roundabout's Underground Reading Series. And um, I'm currently at the Alley Theater in Houston, calling in for my hotel. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm working on two one-act paired sister plays. So there are two plays that could be done individually but are meant to be done in rep. So they're being presented as like two acts of a single play at the moment with uh, company members and Houston actors here. So that's really exciting. They're called Cinched and Strapped. BJ, what kind of a future do you predict for this young lady? Oh, this guy's the limit. She's a terrific writer. And uh, Faceless, I think, is a tremendous calling card for other major theaters. I think, Selena, you've been commissioned as well, right? Yes, the Elizabeth George Commission at South Coast Rep. Yeah, yeah so she's she's got a great future ahead of her um, as a playwright. And uh, you're still interested in acting, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I was acted last uh, in April. I haven't had much time to audition this year, but um, <laughs> I still feel like an actor. So, One final thought. What does it mean to be commissioned? A, a theater approaches a playwright that they want to work with, and uh, they uh, agree upon a, a certain amount of money to uh, go ahead and write w one or two drafts of a, a play that's mutually agreed upon by the playwright and the theater. An unwritten play, the yeah. commission on the basis of an unwritten play. Right, an idea, a prompt, as she called it. Yeah. Well, it sounds very exciting for you in the future, Selena. Thank you so much for being with us. Congratulations on the success you've already had and the reception that Faceless has been receiving here in St. Louis. Uh, wonderful job. Thank you. BJ, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks to B.J. Jones, director of Faceless and playwright Selena Fillinger. Faceless runs until February 4th at the Reps Emerson Studio Theater. Check our website, stlpublicradio.org, for showtime details. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Mm -hmm.